we are actually back. Yes, it's both of us. <laughs> false start, false start. Yeah, yikes. But here we are. Here we are. Um, yeah, sorry, folks. Uh, I had every intention of getting back. Uh, it was very, very crazy before heading off to England for school. So, uh, but, 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 Father Anthony and I, before we started recording, the first thing we did was we broke out our calendars and we booked recordings for the next few bits, a few weeks here. So uh, it's going to be, we're going to try weekly. There may be some times where it's bi-weekly because either he's away or I'm away or something like that. And uh, recording two podcasts in a week is a bit tough sometimes. Um, My life is just getting busier and busier. Mm -hmm. Uh, and in a good way. I'm not saying that to be complaining. It's just, uh, um, what do I say there? It's, it's, uh, I'm just trying to be realistic about what I can and can't do all the time. <laughs> there you go. That's, I think that's a big difference too. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, uh, lots to update on, on my end. So, uh, let's see here. Some highlights. Uh, the first is, so I went to England for 10 days. That was part of the reason I was hoping to record there, but it just did not work out no. uh, at all. Um, and I stayed with the, um, Dominican sisters in Lymington, uh, which was so delightful. Um, they were amazing. Uh, so I was there because I was over in England for school for the first time ever. I got to go to England for school this year. And I had to defend something called the CRE, which is like a confirmation of registration event. It's kind of like your um, comprehensive exams in the PhD programs in, in the States. Uh, but in this case, they're just like looking at your written material to see if you actually can cut the mustard. Mm-hmm. as a as a PhD student before you go on to finish your PhD. So thankfully I passed, which was good. Um, I kind of expected to, honestly, not because of any great effort on my part, but because uh, my my director said I would. <laughs> so okay. well, yeah, that's, that's nice. That's got to be yes. reassuring. I've my, never my, had a test in school where you said, don't worry, I know for a fact you're going to pass beforehand. Well, my, I, my, I, my main thesis director said that I don't let someone go on to CRE unless they're ready. That's great. So, and they always pass. And then actually, when I started the session, the the, the external uh, examiner said, just want to set things at ease at the head of the start of things. You've already passed before we, because like, it's just, this is like a, it's like a mini defense in some ways. They're going to mm-hmm. criticize your chapter and all that jazz. So uh, it was much easier than I expected, honestly. Um, uh, so that's good. And because uh, no one knows what these, like we, we all, they all talk about it in school, but they don't actually, no one really knows until the time comes what this actually entails. Uh, so that was good. And it was really a sweet, I'll talk more about staying with the sisters in presbyteral exhortations here, but just want to give a shout out to all of them, especially Sister Carino, who is a big fan of the podcast. What? Uh, she loves the podcast. She is, she's a sweetheart. I'm actually going to see her and Sister Lucy at World Youth Day in August. So that'll be really great to see them. I was just really impressed with their prayer slash active life. They're not, they're kind of semi-contemplative and semi-active. Uh, Sister Hyacinth was, uh, uh, it was my classmate. how I got to stay with them. She's in the doctoral program with me working on her oh, cool, cool, doctoral cool. thesis on the, I should, should bring her on. I should, I want to, I want to bring some, maybe I'll do that as a bonus episodes for a week where we can't both be together or something like that. Yeah. Um, I hope people don't mind these bonus episodes once in a while. Uh, less clericalism, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, just to hear from the sisters, uh, Sister Hyacinth is doing her doctoral thesis on St. Thomas Aquinas on hope. And it's fan- her work is fantastic. It's really, really cool. I've, I've been really excited to hear. And they've just got so many cool ideas and, and they're just a great community. I, I had a, a ball staying with them. And so when I passed, the sister said, we should celebrate. Oh yeah, and then he said, "Let's go. Let's go to the pub." <laughs> yeah, good Catholic like, yeah. sisters. <laughs> yes, 
So I went up with half the community. Of course, though, I paid because they have a vow of poverty. That's, uh, that is fair. Uh, right and just. They, I wonder if they kind of knew that would happen. If we say we go to the pub, he'll buy us a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, okay, you never know. No. Uh, but no, it was a great time there. And then I came back and then went on our priest retreat for five days. And I'll be honest, it wasn't my best priest retreat just because I had some weird stuff going on with my throat for a couple of days, for yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, it's better now, thankfully. But uh, so just my head was like, because I was doing these weird twistings with my throat. And then I didn't realize how much your throat muscles are connected with all like your face muscles <laughs> until then. And so my head just kept on feeling tight and then mm-hmm. everything just felt crammed. And it was just the weirdest thing in the world. And I have no idea what happened. Um, so it wasn't my best retreat just because I wasn't in a great headspace. Um, so there was <laughs> yeah. that. And then... Uh, and then we got back from, it's like, I was gone to England. I was back for the, for Trinity Sunday, then gone on retreat and then back for Corpus Christi. <laughs> um, yeah, so, that's a lot of back and forth. Yeah. That's a lot of back and forth. So it feels good to be here, be back for six weeks at least. Um, and then this actually is past Sunday for Corpus Christi though, our, our young adult group. So seven of our young adults are going to World Youth Day uh, as part of our diocesan pilgrimage. And, uh, they put on a spaghetti fundraiser dinner on, on Sunday night. And they did a fantastic job. We had 175 people out, which is very, very good for parishes in my diocese in general because we're all smaller parishes than in the right, States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and raised, they raised some good chunk of money. And it was just great. To, like hiring a lot. Like all, You know it's a good time when parishioners keep on saying, when's the next one? Yeah, that's good. That's you know? a good thing. And so that was really, uh, that was really great. Um, so um, – and it was just a fun night. And, it was, and so they – but the parish – a lot of the parish did not know my secret weapon or my secret past, I should say, which oh, is no. that you did swing I, dancing. I, I did a, I did a solo jazz dance performance. What? <laughs> uh, it almost killed me. Cause uh, I was, I was say, dancing you, uh, like you're out of shape out of, out of, I'm out of shape, but not just that I was dancing on their stage, which is not refinished at all. So you uh-huh. so much friction, <laughs> so much friction. <laughs> And I just had like nothing left. I was like healed over for like 20 minutes afterwards, just trying to catch my breath again. <laughs> I bet they loved it. They did. Yes, they did. It was a very, it was a very fun thing. So uh, yeah, so it's, it's been good. Just, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm looking. And then this Sunday we have confirmations and first communion for our kids because we do restore order here. So that'll be good. So then that's kind of like our last kind of big event for the summer. And then I'm just using the summer to plan stuff and try to get back in my doctoral work. Sorry, that was more monologuing than like dialoguing, but yeah. That's all right. We're back. So, we're back. So welcome back to Clerically Speaking. I'm Father Harrison. Uh, I'm Father Anthony. And um, I, while, while you were you know off gallivanting across the world, doing dances, um, defending theses so hard that your brain exploded and you couldn't go to oh, yeah. your retreat or whatever, you said, um, I was busy, very busy being a complete another slug person. I, you know, it's one of those things that kind of creeps up on, at least me, I don't know if other people experience this, where it's like, okay, things start to slip a little bit in the spiritual life. But like, I know what to do, you know, God, this is for, I can do this. And then a month goes by and you're like, okay, I just need to, you know, tomorrow I'll just get back going again. And then like a month goes by and you're like, oh yeah, I mean, uh, until finally, like, you know what? I'm, I'm not okay. I need, I didn't visit my spiritual director in like two, three months. Which never is the first time that's happened for me in a long time. So I kept thinking, like, this is another weird thing that I think people do. I wanted to go to my spiritual director with good news. I didn't want to go there with like bad news, which is stupid. 
because all you really need to do for your spiritual director is tell him what is going on and what's happening in your prayer life, even if it's not good. Like, that's mm-hmm. his job. It's not your job to, like, bring him all the good stuff, right? Right. Um, so finally, finally, after reaching out to some friends, my small group, finally did it again. And it went to confession again. Ah, oh, so good. So good. So happy. Excellent. Um, Excellent. So getting back into it. Uh, so that's great. And the other thing, I've started a, a big adventure. My new life's work is cooking. I've begun Ooh. to cook, Father Harrison. Uh oh. Is this a good enough, thing or a bad thing? No, well, it's it's gotten mixed results so far. I think overall it's a good thing. I think it'll become more and more of a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I I've um, there's a few like Asian various Pan Asian restaurants around my area. Mm-hmm. And I've really gotten into pad thai. I like some pad oh, thai. Oh yeah, right. Pad thai is great. And, and I was like, man, I, I wish I could make this for myself. So I've been thinking about that for a long time. And then I've stumbled upon these um, uh, Uncle Roger videos. Have you ever seen these? No. They're they're hilarious. So basically, this guy plays a character as a grumpy uh, Malaysian uncle and reviews food. So I was watching those, and I was like, like, all right, I need to do this. So I went to the Whole Foods, which is our fancy grocery store. Mm-hmm. Got all the we stuff. have one in Victoria. Okay, yeah, yeah. They are conquering the world with their with their whole with all the foods. All I mean, it's whole. It's the yes. whole. It's the universal. The it's the Catholic. The whole food. That's the. They should change it to whole food and just like this is a giant orb of all the food. Yeah. It is. We, it is just. It is just one big. It's just one big ah, food. The it's whole just, it's, food. It's, it's, it's the platonic form of food. Of the food. <laughs> anyway, so I got you know my um, uh, tamarind sauce, which I didn't know was a thing. Uh, fish sauce. I eventually got oyster sauce as well. Mm-hmm. Brown sugar. You get the um, that's all for the sauce and stuff. My my pastor has um, a little garden that he manages, so I had a bunch of like uh, dried out chilies and stuff. So I made I made the pad thai a few times, and it's getting better and better. Um, so I think the next time I'm almost ready to try making it for other people. I'm gonna try making it for my friends lately. The the egg fried rice has been a complete disaster so far. Okay, I've made basically like egg fried pilaf or uh it's not it's not not pilaf what's the word i'm looking for what's like the gooey um rice dish um i have no idea what am i talking about anyway it hasn't been good it has not been good um and i've got all kinds of advice i think i think what i need to do is I, I'm, I'm using the day old rice but i've been cooking it with like butter and last time i put ginger in it as well which was delicious but it was too like clumpy so okay we're gonna try again with that yeah. um I also made a, a crispy tofu uh, because one of my mom's restaurants has crispy tofu. I've been dreaming about that for a while. I made that with a, wow. uh, advice from a Twitter friend. Uh, You're becoming with like a domesticated. Honey garlic, a, honey, a honey garlic um, ginger sauce, which was delightful. Um, though there's something kind of, you don't feel great if for lunch you have eaten a brick of tofu. That's not a great feeling afterwards. <laughs> um, I ate a brick of fried tofu with like sugar sauce on it. <laughs> um, so I didn't get any work done the rest of that day. But yep. the creating of it was a success. The, just today, I had some leftover chicken breast that had been marinating in that same sauce. Wow. And I was like, oh, I, I fried tofu with um, with cornstarch. I bet I can do the same thing with chicken. I don't know if that's a real thing or not. I burned the crap out of that chicken. And then I was worried about not being cooked, so I just kept burning it more and more in the oil. <laughs> so hopefully I won't die at the very least. I ate a lot of burnt chicken. Um I mean, you know, outside. it's not burnt chicken. It's blackened chicken now. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, it was 
burnt chicken. At least all the cornstarch was burnt. So like the chicken was uh-huh. fine underneath. Yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. Wasn't great. Wasn't great. So uh, you can call in and, and give me cooking tips at our hotline if you want to. I guess cornstarch wasn't the way to go. Maybe it was too hot or whatever. Um, also, uh, it's a lot of pan stuff and oil. And um, right. there's not great ventilation in my kitchen. Um. And so um, the one time I was seasoning my walk and my brother, the lost uh, Sharapa brother who lives in New York, called me. And I'm talking to him. I'm sharing what I'm doing, not realizing uh, that the the seasoning of the walk, um, the smoke was getting quite thick. And as soon as I realized it, all of a sudden the alarm goes off. And it's incredibly loud in this house. And I panicked. And I could not figure out how to turn off the alarm. And all of a sudden the fire department comes. I'm calling my pastor. And he's on his day off. And the the fire people were very kind. They were patient with me. I could tell they were being very patient. Um, mm-hmm. Checked everything out. Eventually, I realized that we have, you know, I, I realized that the alarm code, I knew where it was. I just forgot when the alarm was actually going off and everything. So that was that was, that was was fun, um, burning down the the, the uh, rectory, the fry. <laughs> it's almost mm-hmm. like it became a friary because <laughs> I fried stuff. Um, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I, the cooking adventure continues. Um, huh. I, Interesting. Yeah, what, what, what inspired you? Did, was it just because you wanted to eat tofu more that, or not tofu, uh, uh, pad thai more that you decided to start cooking more? The pad thai was was big about it, but also you know we we've got like who brings in food, um, and it, you know brings in food, puts it in the refrigerator. Very grateful, grateful for that. But yeah, after a while you get tired of eating just leftovers, you know. Right. It's like right, and also there's something nicer about eating your own leftovers instead of just leftovers that show up. If you know what I mean. So just, right. I need a change of pace. Also, I need a hobby that's not video games. Um, and so a combination of, of, of those things. Hmm. Um, yeah. Very cool. Uh, well, whenever I ever get, Father whenever I can get my butt adventures. out to Pittsburgh again here at some point, you'll have to mm-hmm. cook something. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. we have to branch out maybe a little bit more, but I'm working. Except working not that. tofu. Not Fair tofu. enough. It was good, though. I, I can't. I, I made I can't my pastor it's just, try it's like, one. It's a texture thing. It's a texture thing. Well, here's the thing. It's, thing, thing me. it's crispy tofu. Yeah, and but it's still gonna be like gooey on the inside and stuff. No, it was like kind of like uh, I might make you try like one piece. You'll be fine. Um, but uh, my see. pastor, who's kind of anti tofu in general, um, which you know, fair enough, he's a Chad. Um, I made him try it anyway. And he goes, "Hmm, okay, that's tofu I would eat." And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, there you yes. go." Yeah. So there, there you, go. you go. Nice. Um. Well, I. I mean, so it sounds like you had some emergencies with your chicken. I did. I had that yeah. was I had I had walk emergencies. Yeah, yeah, but we have to have some theological emergencies too. About time. About time. All right, let's go. We don't actually we don't actually have a lot of options here. No, 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 we don't. Uh, cuz no. we've been away too long. <laughs> so Exactly. Hi, my name is Katie. That is not my real name, and I live in the St. Louis metropolitan area. I have two theological emergencies today related to adding prayers to the mass in the order of mass. At my husband's home parish, after the last petition, the whole congregation prays the memorari prayer. I've never seen that done before, and I didn't know if you're allowed to just add prayers like that into the mass. I thought maybe it was a cultural thing or what his parish just does, but I've also been to mass in three different countries, and they've never added prayers into the mass. The order of the mass is always the same. Secondly, the priest does things in a different order during the preparation of gifts. I'm definitely a bad Catholic because I don't know the name of the prayer, but usually the priest says the 
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness, prayer, and then we all say, Blessed be God forever. And he does it once for the bread and again for the wine, and then he washes his hands. Well, at my husband's home parish, the priest washes his hands before he does either of those prayers. Not meant to be a call-out post, but is that allowed? The germ paragraph 76 states, then the priest washes his hands, which implies that there is a sequence of events that are meant to take place in an order. I'm wondering what your take is on some of the unique things taking place during Mass in my husband's home parish, but I love the show, and thanks for everything you do. Well, Katie, since that is not your real name, you saved us no, uh, the joke. No, it is definitely her real name. This is this is a classic misdirection. She said it wasn't her name. It's definitely her real I mean, name. Here's her the, real name's Katie. Katie. Her God bless you. Her baptismal name's I mean, Katie. First, Katie speaks very well. Like She's very well enunciated and everything, which is she awesome. She planned this one out. Yes. Mm-hmm. However, if it's an emergency, like... You know, imagine it be like you're having a heart attack and it takes like a minute and a half for you to explain what's going on to the operator. Yeah. You're already dead. Mm-hmm. And so like if you gotta you gotta get your theological emergencies out like this, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I need to see more more oomph to the theological emergencies, like more passion, maybe right. less less calm dictation. Yes. Uh, because everyone knows that it's not calm dictation that makes podcasts great. It's just ranting. So a little bit more right. ranting next time, yeah. Katie. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe more ranty, yeah. Yeah, maybe a little yeah. too much. You're charity, way too you know? level headed with this question. Yeah, way too level headed. Um so a couple things. Uh, first, with the I think the petition one is just a simple one. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, it's really not supposed to be, at least in the states. I, I found out that, like in England, for example, they actually say the Hail Mary at the end of every petition. It's like apparently it's like some dispensation they have or something like that. Fascinating. Yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, you're not really supposed to do that because mm-hmm. it's like the, it's a universal prayer. This is not a time for those things. You can do it at the end of mass. You can do it beginning before mass starts. Like those are fine places, but like. I've never understood this this devotion in the middle of mass there to Mary like that. At least it, it has no tradition to my knowledge. So yeah, so uh, there's no tradition of honoring Mary uh, ever in the Catholic Church. Ever we don't period. Do that. Full stop. Yeah. We we just don't. Um, no. <laughs> no uh, so as we all know, I am anti Saint Louis de Montfort. Right. So yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That's a, a deep cut for longtime listeners. Father Harrison hates Saint Louis de Montfort. That's not completely true. Oh, so. Um, uh, so, I mean, I, this is a pretty common thing in parishes in my area, um, mm-hmm. that if there is a parish prayer of some kind, a lot of times they add it on to the end of the petitions. Um, there was one time when uh, our bishop, during our whole um, consolidation process, Church Alive stuff, that I think that's when he prescribed to add in our quote-unquote Church Alive prayer at the end of it, the intercessions. So I guess when the bishop says that, it's definitely cool, right? Um, but I'm not super opposed to this, um, uh, because I mean, it's an intercessory prayer, the memorare, you know, um, and as yeah, far but, as like, but, yeah, but sorry, I cut you off. Okay. I'll you yeah. Finish, and it's like, I, I get it. We don't want to add stuff. That's the one thing. It's always, it's always tempting. And I understand the temptation to me. It's like, if we add stuff to the mass that I like, it's okay. If we add stuff to the mass, I don't like, it's not okay. So I respect the purists in this saying, don't add stuff to the mass. We don't need to. Um, at my parish, we do the St. Michael the Archangel prayer at the, after right. uh, go in peace. Which, you can do that. And then we actually on our first Fridays, we do the entire like uh, Leonine prayers, which is nice. Cool. Um, and it's great for my parish. We're St. Michael the Archangel. So it's a good throwback. And, you know, um, so that, for me, it's not the biggest deal. I've seen it quite often in American parishes before. Um, but yeah, Father Harrison, tell me why this is wrong. Tell All me right. why it's terrible. <laughs> so... And there's a difference, I think, between like like I for example, I do I do canonical digits after consecration now. 
Yeah. Right. It's not a germ. When you pinch it's, your yeah, fingers. Yeah. Pinching your fingers for for a few for many reasons, but I'm I'm not going to go into that right now. I think I may have even explained it one day actually on here, but um. But that's like more of a personal devotion thing, right? Because nothing – it doesn't really add or subtract anything to the mass. It is It has a tradition in the church, um, mm -hmm. and the church, and the germ does not specifically um, make it uh, make it mandatory or or say you can't do it. Yeah. Basically, right? there's times when you put your hands together and times when you put your hands apart. And that yeah. spells – I think it spells as detailed as the germ gets with that. Yeah, it gets – it's very yeah, loosey-goosey on the orans because yeah. then you get the orans like the, when the priest is placing his hands out. Then you have all sorts of – Oh, all kinds. All sorts of – all sorts of – When the priest – every, you, All you the circumferences people. of a circle, there <laughs> are of like directions the of <laughs> – uh, Here's the thing though. So, so the petitions though – so first of all, they're universal prayers. So it's actually not the time to pray for like like – grandma jane who's sick in the hospital or something like that because the mass is a universal act of sacrifice for the universal church in the world and so the prayers are our interest making manifest in our intercessions god's will for humanity and and to bring our humanity's will or to bring humanity's desires to god in prayer um so it's something it's a universal action it is. It is. It is not meant to be something specific. There is nothing intercessory about a devotional prayer. There's nothing intercessory, intercessory liturgically, liturgically at least. Like it's not. You're not. You're not by doing the memorari. You're not actually interceding on on some on some universal thing. Like you're not praying for politicians or something like that, um, or for our bishops and pope or for families or uh, or other or for those in poverty or whatever it is like right. those are universal yeah. needs of the world mm -hmm. and they're meant to be universal the memorare is a devotional act not an intercessory act it has intercessory uh, aspects to it it has intercessory aspects to it but it's not first and foremost something that's intercessory hmm i'm i'm not sure how much on I'm, a because the intercession has to be something universal like it has to be something specific in, in a way like specifically universal <laughs> specifically universal yeah um well is is this i'm just gonna push back on this because it's fun yep. um uh isn't isn't mary the the co-redemptrix anyway shouldn't we shouldn't we just like oh, no <laughs> isn't this isn't this how how movements in the church happen like basically like stuff happens in the liturgy and then it, it that's what that, that informs our belief you know we were worshiping christ way before there was an official proclamation of his uh his um being one with the Father in the church, right? We're just worshiping Christ at Mass, and then one of the evidences for why Christ is God is because we're doing it at Mass. I think we should start a movement to just get, finally get in the books, finally close off ecumenicism forever, and name Mary co-redemptrix. I'm half kidding about all of that. Uh, this this is fine. Also, also, you know what? Uh, intercessions are optional. And if it's uh, not optional, on Sundays. Then not on Sundays. Not on Sundays. Are they not? Are they not? <sighs> no, not on Sundays. Nope, nope. They are uh, mandatory on Sundays. Mm. It says it's, it says it in the germ. I'll concede that point. Yeah, but uh... but no, no. Like, it, it's now. There's the whole the whole question about having intercessory prayers in general. That's a whole other thing. But listen, here's the thing: Mary was obedient. Oh yeah, she was that. That's that's for and sure. so we owe obedience to the church's liturgical norms and laws. Yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think um, I agree with you. Actually, it's just yeah, yeah. nothing that I'm gonna get. Like, also, we like oh, yeah, at yeah. my church. You know, yeah. um, we always get defensive about stuff that we do, right? 
uh, we add in, um, that's where we add in the um, prayers of the, the intention of the mass. We'll add in that. Oh, okay. And then we'll name those who have died. So we do a few specific in, in, intentions at the end. Yeah, I think naming the dead maybe can be there possibly. But like, uh, like for example, I don't, um, I, I'll, if I'm going to, I if I name the intention of the mass, if I say the intention of the mass, I do it, like I'll do it, I'll do the opening antiphon. I'll say the intention of the mass and then I start with the sign of the cross. Yeah. Um, On purpose. Why not? Why not the opposite? Why would you do the intention first? And because then the, uh, I, 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 it's a habit I've dis, I've just developed that I say the antiphon as I'm going from the altar to my chair. Oh, I got you. I got you. Got you. Yeah, do it when I get up there. On weekdays. Uh, on weekdays. You know, I don't actually announce the intention on on the weekends. Mm-mm. Partially because then people start announce because, the intention. Well, there's. An, I have been. I have been assured. Oh, I know. Oh, that's a whole. Other if thing. you don't announce the intention, the mass does not count for that family. And I they know. Get very oh my gosh. Oh, I know. Uh, but I don't do it on the weekends. For, well, first Sundays we don't have one because it's the it's the um, it's the intention for the, for the parish, the people. Mm-hmm. Um, but on then other everyone's going to be fighting for Saturday night masses because they want to be there on the weekend and blah 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 because they want to hear the name. And I get I get it to an extent, but I I've always right. been confounded by the attachment that there is. To hearing the name said at the mass, uh, as if it's it doesn't it doesn't work any other way. Yeah, and a lot of times it's just a very it's, it's a very sensitive issue with people. Yes, um, yes. And uh, I I don't personally get it, but whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. But like uh, I so said, at least second... in the U.S., I would this is not a surprising thing to me. I, it's not surprising. It's not surprising to me either. It's just and because I've heard way worse stuff, like like a really badly written parish prayer or yeah, yeah. whatever else prayer. Like the memorare is at least the memorare. You know, it's not it's not Eucharistic prayer too or whatever. But it's it's at least has some tradition to it. So I'd rather I think a thousand memorare. Oh, yeah, I hear you. Badly written parish prayer. I hear you. I hear you there. I um, I hundred percent hear you there. So I just um. What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, but yeah, with the second thing, uh, it's actually meant to be, you have to be doing the opposite. It's supposed to be the hands left. Why? Because uh, it's a transition from like just offering these gifts to God in preparation mm-hmm. for sanctification to like, it's like the ritual washing of hands. Oh, we, okay, so we're switching to the washing of hands question. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, hey, we've got the good thing with her asking two questions is we've got both. We've got uh, this is the entire theological emergencies at this point. It is, <laughs> uh, um, but the whole point of washing the hands at the end is and is that you're now ready to offer Christ's sacrifice. It's not just mm-hmm. offering the sacrifice of the people now in preparation for this, but it's by washing the hands. It's, it's not just about like the priest um, remembering that his sins are washed away by Christ's sacrifice, but that it's about like a ritual preparing of the. Um, that, that what we're about to do here is different and it requires cleanliness of hands and everything because this yeah. is the Holy of Holies. So right, right. you're supposed to do it at the right. It's supposed to be the other way around. Yeah. I have never seen that second part of washing your hands before offering the gifts. I, 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 I've never seen it either. Yeah. Except, except actually, except in seminary during our first practicums, uh, when we screwed up and <laughs> practicing the mass, I, I have seen it there in seminary by mistake, but never uh-huh. like officially. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, I, this is, uh, speculation, uh, but maybe it's because the idea of like, oh, I should clean my hands before I offer gifts, but that's just, that's just not how it's supposed to work in the mess. It's not the, the biggest error in the world. It's just a goofy one that does, it's yeah. an easily fixable one that doesn't need to be done. Like just let's, yeah. let's not do uh, yeah. that. Let's just do that part the right way. 
let's just do what the book says. I actually said that on Sunday. I said I was preaching about the Eucharist and how to receive and everything. But I was also talking about how like the mass is not like the Father Harrison show. Mm-hmm. It's not the place I said I purposely do not and like hot preaching is a little different, but like the mass itself is not the place for me to imbue it with my own personality and what I think the mass should look like. I mean, mm-hmm. there is room for options in liturgy, but 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 it's not the place for me to be something performative because it's not right. me who's doing the work. And so we actually do not have the power or the right to fool around with this stuff. Mm hmm. And I wish we could understand that more. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's one of the big things about the mass is because- It's clericalism when we do that. Yes, it's, it's incredibly clericalistic to do that. Um, not in the good sense, like our show, but in the bad sense. Um, yeah, and the thing is like, it's it's just, especially with praying towards the people, it's it's a, the temptation is always there to make it the Father Anthony show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this, is, this is one of the reasons why I don't step off the ambo when I preach. Because Same that here. feels when you step off the ambo, that, that that kind of is a temptation to make it the uh, Father Anthony show to like yep. kind of take over the space um, mm-hmm. to draw the attention to yourself instead of like no, this is just the word of God. I spoke the word of God, now I'm going to preach the word of God. It's coming from the same place, um, yep. and uh, I, it's something I have to constantly watch out for myself because I'll be honest, I do like performing. Um, I do yeah. like you know attention. Uh, these are yeah. these are things that I mean I like and a lot of people like. Um, so t- to curtail that and to be aware of that is very important because that would be a sad way to go to hell, wouldn't it? It'd oh, yeah. Also an, an awkward, you know, extra thousand years in purgatory. It's like because you couldn't like right. just settle down at mass and do your job. You know, that's we don't want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm 100 percent there with you. It's. um, What's the word for here? It's it is Christ's work. And we are but humble servants. Mm-hmm. Our priesthood is a gift. It is not our own. Right. Right. So yeah. because of that, it, it, it that should come out in our attitude towards liturgy. Yeah. It's not something to be made up. And I just, I just have zero, I just can't do it. And like, so like when people ask, oh, can we do this at this funeral or whatever? I'm like, sorry, no, actually we can't. Liturgy doesn't yeah. allow for it. You can do that downstairs. Go nuts at the mm-hmm. reception. Mm-hmm. But here, no. All right. Well, let's. Um, that's a, we'll just do that one. I think she had two questions. That's great. She took up yeah. everyone else's time. Oh, by the way, folks. So yeah, we know because we've been away for a while. Uh, the the uh, voicemails are a little um, lacking. Our well runs dry on the voicemails. Yes, yes. That's definitely in part our own fault for not actually not being here. Uh, you know what so. I think it is. I think it's providence that the Lord has protected and cared for his people while we've been away. There's um, no emergencies. He's allowed there to be less emergencies, hmm. right? That's a good point. Um, so the, I mean, the Lord forever. may uh, withdraw his gaze, withdraw his hand from the people um, and, and to test them and to test their faith and to uh, get them to grow and to learn from his humble servants. So uh, I'm guessing there's going to be just a, a, a boatload of theological emergencies. There's going to be um, a, a tsunami um, it's going to be the end of days, uh, apocalyptic type emergencies about liturgical questions and moral questions and, uh, how, um, to cook, uh, uh what are the benefits and, uh, drawbacks of fried tofu? Uh, so hmm. I- I'm looking forward to that. All right, then. Uh, well, with that all being said, let's get back to some good old fashioned, uh, presbyteral exhortations. And now it is time for presbyteral 
exhortations. Oh, yes. yes. Quite good, quite good. Indubitably. Oh, I bet they can't wait to learn. They're gonna learn so much. It's my favorite part. Oh, it's the best part. Yes, yes, quite, yes, quite. All right, so, um, as I said earlier, I was uh, with the Dominican sisters in Leamington. Uh, it was a real joy to... Because it was funny, even before leaving, I was just, I was overworked in so many ways. My spirit director was very good. He said, well, don't use the word burnt out because burnt out means something very particular. Uh, More but you're just, you were, you were overworked <laughs> yeah. and overexhausted. I said, yeah, that's good. Even with preaching, honestly, I was just like, I don't want to burn another homily. And I yeah. love preaching usually, yeah. right? I just yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. It's just because it's that, again, it's that one more thing I have to do this week when I've easily overburdened my schedule with too much work mm. and the demands never stop. And you just don't. And so it was, uh, so it was like, I knew it was going to, it was funny. I, I was actually looking forward to going there because I knew it was going to be, you'll want to give the sisters your best. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I, I knew that was going to be the case. And, and it really actually did reinvigorate my preaching again, which was really good. Um, but um, so spending my time with them, I was just, very um, moved by their community life. And there's something that really impressed was impressed upon me in my experience there that I want to talk a bit about today because it's something I'm okay. kind of working out in my own spiritual life a bit. I talked to my spiritual director about this yesterday too. And it's something I'm going to be working on trying to form a bit because I found it super duper helpful, um, which is like the orarium. Okay. The orarium. Yes. Like, so Catholics have words for everything. <laughs> yeah. Even words yeah. that we already have words for. Yes, exactly. An orarium is like a, a uh, a schedule, a prayer schedule of the day, a liturgy schedule for the day. And um, the sisters, they spend a lot of time in prayer as they do. Um, and the church would be devastated if these congregations did not exist. Um, Can I stop so there they, for a second though? Yep. The first time I heard the word orarium was in um, seminary and that was just like our daily schedule. We just kind of use right. the word for like the entire schedule. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, it's and like, then you, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. And I'm not sure if this is a Roman word or a priest word, but like we have a table in our rectory that we put certain papers on that we need to take different churches and stuff. It's kind of like our to-go table or information table, yeah. and it's and we call it the credenza. <laughs> why? 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 Why are we doing this? Why? Why are we doing this? Let's let's come down. Let's, it's the table. It's a table. So anyway, that's my that's my pet peeve. Yeah, it's um. There we go. Orarium. Yes, yes. We have words for everything. So, yeah, it's 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 a schedule for a day, but I think it's 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 re, it revolves around um, the liturgical life, as it should, and the life of prayer, right? The spiritual, especially life. for community life. Yeah. So I'm just going to go quickly over uh, what their day looks like first, because I want to kind of tell you a bit about like what I was immersed into. Is something I'm still reflecting on, but I thought you know I think this is actually something good, and there are reasons for this. Um, so they start off their day. Oh, was it? I think 6:30 in the chapel for a half hour of personal prayer. Followed by morning uh, office readings and morning prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, they get on with their day. They do a bunch of stuff until um, you know, none noon. Stuff. Yeah, none stuff. I mean, actually, it's part of their charism to study uh, two hours a day. Wow. Yeah. Um, so then noon, they do daytime prayer, followed by mass. Then so at... That's a good time for mass. Yes. Uh, sort this of. I, I Personally... If I was on a, like a schedule like with the, theirs, I would probably be fine with it. In the parish, I find it very difficult. It's just uh, middle of the day is very tough time. See, my ideal schedule is waking up at, at 7 and praying and having coffee and zoning out until noon. That's Father uh, Anthony's ideal schedule. Gotcha. Like, around noon, I become a human being again. 
Yeah. That's when I can offer my best to God. So we do that. And then for two hours, you do work, you have one meeting and then uh, video games for the rest of the day. That's Father Anthony's uh, aurorium in heaven. That's what he's going to do. So retirement? Yeah, probably. <laughs> retirement. What a joke. I will die on the altar. <laughs> um, uh, so after mass is like lunch and stuff like that and more work. And then I, I want to say, I think it was like five o'clock. They did rosary followed by evening prayer. Mm-hmm. And then at 8.15 was a half hour of adoration followed by night prayer, then grand silence for us tonight. So that's their... That's what I remembered from, and then there's other things, but it was just like, but even like their meal times are scheduled and everything. Mm-hmm. And I found it quite freeing. Um, I came away from that with many different thoughts, but one of them was like, I said to the sister, I sent them and I was leaving. I'm like, yeah, I realized I work too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, and in a sense of like, well, because like here's the thing. So what happened was I tried my best to immerse myself into it because they sing most of their office, which takes a lot more time. Like they're sure, literally yeah. the hours. It's a lot more time. So I didn't involve myself in everything all the time because um, that's not my charism. But, you know, I tried to like I always shared with them in the adoration night prayer. I often did morning prayer in office on my own. Uh, partially because like I like I've so used to that ritual on my own now that I yeah, like it, you, you know, yeah. Um Daytime prayer, I joined, you know, different things. But, you know, I, I joined them for private. I hear a, a chapel of sisters sing the uh, Liturgy of the Hours, though. They do a beautiful job. They actually have a website, uh, dominicansisters.net. Hmm. And they accept vocations from all over the world if there's young women who are thinking about joining religious life. Um, so the prayer life, though, like there was a rhythm to it, right? It was something set for the day, and it helped me to. And then so like I only had like chunks of the day where I could actually do work. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I found helpful about that, like I called, I, I was telling my secretary, it's like a spiritual Pomodoro, right? The Pomodoro method where you do 25 work minutes of work for hard and then you take five minute breaks. Right. Yeah. I was like, that's kind of what it feels like. You're, you work, you, you pray, you work for a while, you pray, you work for a while, you pray, you rest for the night type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Another trendy thing that was first invented by the Catholic Church thousands exactly. of years ago. Exactly. Take that. <laughs> Whoever invented Pomodoro method. Yeah. Intermittent fasting. Oh yeah. We did that already. <laughs> yeah. It's called the desert fathers, you jerk. Um, Stupid. But, but um, what I found very helpful about it all was the suddenly like when I went to go do work for the day for like school, for example, I only had X amount of time in the day and it helped me starting to realize like, whoa, I actually only have this much time a day, but like when I'm in the parish, well, you have mass at this time on Tuesday, that time is on Wednesdays, Thursdays, I'm either at home or I'm at a care home or I'm doing university masses, right? And then you have funerals and then sick calls and then your appointments are all over the place every day. Mm-hmm. And it's chaos. Yeah. And there's no, like, there was, I guess what I found was that the rhythm of life that they lived set a, um, um, it gave you a place to stand in, te- in terms of time. Mm-hmm. And I found that incredibly helpful. Because <laughs> um, like with my ADHD at times, I find time, I, like, I call it time blindness. Like I just like totally unsure of what, how much time things take and how much time I actually have in a day to do things. Um, not to mention the ability to actually focus on tasks that you don't really want to do. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So... 
I often take on more work than I can do because I actually have no sense of what time I can give to things each day. Mm-hmm. And I just say yes to things like, Oh yeah, that shouldn't be too much work without thinking about like tw- and forgetting the 20 other things I have to do right now or whatever it is. Right. right. So the rhythm, that, that rhythm of life, like, cause I think this is like, I guess the point and I'll bring it, sorry, I'm, I'm monologuing. I know, but um, what I want to just bring around is that cause at modernity, I think it leads to this like kind of scatteredness of time where you don't have like this rhythm because like our bodies like live on rhythm, <laughs> mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. our heart literally beats on a rhythm, right? It, it's uh, every, we breathe on a regular rhythm. Like there's there's regularness to our embodied life, right? If, if your body's healthy, <laughs> if your body's healthy, right? Yes, right. <laughs> but, but that's the thing: when your body's not healthy, it's not regular. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. And I think we we've lost that sense of time and the rhythm of it and its importance. And it's and that we actually need to allow a certain rhythm of the day and a certain schedule of life to form our day, because I think at the heart of it, what I love about the orarium was that God is first in all the choices of the day, mm-hmm. in terms of worship. Then everything else follows. Uh, I have more to say, but I'm going to shut up for a bit and let you you talk. Yeah. It also, I mean, just to add to the the problems of um, a secular quote unquote schedule is that at least the thing that I struggle with is that there is, um, especially with like my anxiety problems, it's, it's, there is this sort of vague hanging notion that you should always be working. Right. Or like, uh, it's, it's hard to separate, especially when you, I, I live in the place I work, like I'm upstairs from the office right now. Yeah. Um, and that's tough for me because it's hard to figure out when is time for actual time for leisure and when's the actual time for work. And if I've got a chunk of free time, and I don't have something to do right now. What should I do with that? Because it's still kind of work hours, but I also have a lot to do tonight. And there's kind of like an anxiety of like you. I like you always said there's you're not sure where you stand. Um, mm-hmm. Time when it's not ordered, you're kind of you know it's almost like white water rafting through the day, and you're mm-hmm. not sure when the next rock or whatever is going to to show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of times you feel like you're about to capsize as well. Um, uh, and especially with like the that's that's the one I think tough thing about liturgy of the hours is that the way that we do it because it's not on a set time we just have to kind of get them done and try to do it on a reasonable time you know morning prayer should be done probably before noon if you can help it um and that sort of thing uh but it's it's time kind of mastering us instead of us mastering time exactly it's like and then adding to that it's like okay when do I have time to plug God into my day Yes. Right. Especially with like a holy hour, you know, it's like, for me, it's like, cause I, I, it'll happen whenever it, like, I don't have a set time for that always. Right. Um, And then it's, then it's kind of makes like, God is this another thing I have to do on my calendar. Not that my calendar is revolving around God as a priest. And I've seen the detrimental effects of that in my own life. Right. And it's, um, and that's the thing. It's like, God really should be that first choice. And, um, and that like, I found what well, I found by entering into it, I found my sleeping was actually a bit better. I mean, outside the first few days cause of jet lag and everything, but right. my sleeping was a bit better. Uh, I was actually happier mm-hmm. <laughs> and I found prayer restful mm-hmm. because that's what it's supposed to be. It's yeah. supposed to be like a taste. It is kind of like a um, Gregorian chant, which, you know, like Gregorian chant has its own rhythm. But it's also got like this certain free flowingness to it that mm-hmm. that that modern music notation doesn't even have. 
because it's meant to be an experience of like the combination of heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what in general prayer is meant to do. Like especially liturgical prayer is it's actually meant to be a rest, mm-hmm. a, a time of an escape to heaven here on earth. And that that's actually meant to be restful. Um, and I think we burn out or we get tired or overdo things too much because we don't actually order our days around this. And it's not something it's not like, I feel like it's not, I don't know. I could be totally wrong on this. I feel like this is not like a very popular thing to want to do anymore. Cause like this idea of like ordering your time is because we have these such these false notions of freedom nowadays that say I can do what I want when I want, how I want. So we, we look at time as this some amorphous blob that we always say we don't have enough of, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So we can somehow quantify it, but we don't actually, but we don't have enough of it because we actually don't order God first, which then helps us to see what can I can't do based on everything else I've chosen with God. And so like, I'm actually like in the process right now of working on it. Not, it's not going to be the same intensity at all by what the sisters do, because I can't do that. That's not my state of life, but I'm actually starting to work on that right now where I'm going to start saying these times of the day are the set times that they can be moved. Like the sisters get dispensed from showing up for daytime prayer for a certain activity or whatever that is sometimes. And that's fine. They can be moved, but there have to be good reasons to move them. Mm-hmm. And they have to, and that, that whatever you're going to move it, that has to be given first priority before you change anything else. And if you can't move that, then you say, no, God's first. Because yeah. it also like says to the people, if they say, well, I want your, but that's the best time that works for me. And I'll say, but this isn't an emergency. Like, no, God's actually first here. Because if you want me to serve you well and actually be able to meet with you, I need to choose God. Yeah. <laughs> and it teaches people that choosing God first is actually a priority in our lives. And I think there's something to this, and I think it can actually help us stave off the craziness of time that we experience far too often in our lives. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the scattered, like we just feel scattered. Mm-hmm. We feel scattered. Yeah, and uh, so speaking of ordering time, uh, there's the bells. Hear the uh, Angelus bells. <laughs> it's, it's 6 p.m. here in the east. Um, Wait, you mean you don't there... do the Angelus during mass? <laughs> no, no uh, <laughs> we don't. Um, uh, what was say? Uh, so there is there is definitely a difference between scheduling your time and ordering your time. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times, mm, like I'm bad point. at both. For the record, yeah. I'm bad at both, um, and, it, and it, it's a great stressor in my life. <laughs> Hopefully, there's gonna be some things to remedy that in the future in my parish. But anyway. Um, like scheduling time is you fit everything into the time that's allotted, right? You know mm-hmm. what you're gonna do next. But ordering time is like, what is the priority? It's almost like building, um, instead of like uh, plugging in, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And I also, I, uh, you know, yes, we we because of the nature of our vocation, and this is I think especially, uh, and maybe even more so true for families, um, that ordering of time is going to be uh, is going to need to be more flexible. Right. I think as priests, I think a lot of times we're our own worst enemies in this, is that uh, we have more power to order our time than than families do, right? Um, and we just don't do it. Uh, and sometimes this is out of like a genuine desire to to serve the people. You know, I'm I'm always trying to schedule uh, meetings around people's most convenient yeah. time, and you know, a lot of times in the evening that's very possible. I can do that sort of thing, uh, but then we. We feel powerless against our schedule when, especially if you're a priest, I think we could take more control of that than we give ourselves credit for, right? You know, yeah, yes. yeah, you, yeah. You, you know, there's a, there might be a day where you have like two funerals and you've got, like, yeah. Um, but 
Yeah. No, no. I, I think we're supposed to. Yeah. And I think we're supposed to, honestly. Yeah. I think we're supposed yeah. to. I think we're – this is part of – okay. we shouldn't feel – as priests at least, like we, we exist apart f- from the day-to-day life. We, we are secular priests, you and I, as diocesan priests. Mm-hmm. But like, so we live in the world. We, we serve the things of the world, blah, blah, blah. But um, but we also have the benefit of actually being able to order our life a bit this way. It's actually mm-hmm. like the church literally requires us to with regards to like the liturgy of the hours. Right. <laughs> and, and why though? We're not – because it's not actually to the neglect of the people. It's actually for the people. Like the whole mm-hmm. point of liturgy of the hours, which is such a great – like for me, like that's the, the building block of my schedule that's going forward is mm-hmm. when am I going to do these things? And I'm going to try to do my best to do them at the same time every day. Maybe on Mondays I'll push it up an hour or something like that because that's my day of rest yeah. or something, you know. But like um, it, it's – we're doing it for the people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are set aside apart from a lot of worldly labor that a lot of people don't – that a lot of people have to worry about and, and problems that people have to worry about. And the people of God actually fund us in a way <laughs> through our salaries by mm-hmm. their giving so that we can pray for them. Yeah. So we can and do what it, they can't always do on their own. Like that's right. literally our job. That's part of our job. And like, I just feel like there's like, like, so in the heart of this is like, there is this, again, I was talking to you earlier about this, like this nagging anxiety around my, I should always be working almost. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, actually, no, we shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, actually, not, and not to say that we should be lazy either. No, 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 actually, we should be praying more. Yeah. And ordering our life around prayer more. Sorry. So what's like the general um, advice for lay people? Praying liturgy hours, you know, focus on morning prayer and evening prayer if you can. And yeah. that 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 kind of gives you an idea, like, okay, try to find sometime in the morning because a lot sometimes the mornings we have more control over. It depends, you know, little kids. Mm-hmm. I don't, don't want to make you know um, sweeping generalities, but uh, sometime in the morning and sometime in the evening to be kind of like those bookends to mm-hmm. order the day, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that, or like you know, an Angelus during uh, lunch break or whatever. Um, Mm-hmm. And in the same way, so the whole idea of ordering ordering our lives is a part of ordering the parish as well. I think intuitively, uh, the parish for people is a place of stability. Mm-hmm. Um, that the, the, maybe the only constant in their lives is, well, at least I have 4 p.m. mass on Saturday or 9.30 on whatever it is. You know, The place is supposed to be like this place of stability and refuge for people. And then the more we add into that with our schedules as as priests i i have a feeling that that benefits um but also i think mm-hmm. you know uh families when they can also benefit from some kind of ordering some kind of ritual um understanding of time um mm-hmm. you know like for you know my niece indiana this doesn't happen i don't think it's happened necessarily every night but like most nights uh when she's with her parents they um go up to her room and they um sing um the um not the Regina Celli, the Salve Regina to her. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a, a ritual and mm-hmm. rituals have a sense of time to it. And a rhythm and, and a set time, and a set time to them like that or something right, set exactly. to them. Like there's a set pattern to them mm-hmm. and they just and help so us feel good. stable. Yeah. And it, I think, I think kids get used to that as well. Or, yes. um, even, uh, I'm not sure if it's exactly the same thing, but I think that, uh, that, uh, we're doing with Indiana with parents and then the rest of her trying to follow along is that like when there's going to be a change in, activities like from playtime to bedtime you, you give kind of a countdown like oh it's gonna be 10 minutes five minutes there's a um an ordering of time instead of a throwing from one event to another um, right and i think some people benefit from this even more than others but i think we all benefit from that sort of um yeah 
ordering it. It's almost like time is like a, it, it's this, um, what the church often does with the world. Um, you know, uh, monasteries take wilderness and turn it into orchards and gardens. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to do the same thing with time. Mm-hmm. Time is this wilderness chaos. And a lot of times we're just running through the jungle with machetes trying to get to the <laughs> next place instead of cultivating the time, ordering the time. Um, yeah. Uh, it's kind of, you know, like we're supposed to uh, master and take care of creation. A part of that realm is also time. And mm-hmm. it benefits us and those around us as well. Yes. And then it's like, I mean, even like the mass, it's like the ordo misse, right? It's, it's ordo. It is, mm-hmm. it is like, it's at the root of the word ordinary, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It, it is the thing that is repetitive, but that it's, we need these repetitive, like we, and we do like, this is the thing. Again, I feel like modernity has just like sucked us out of our common necess- basic human experiences. We mm-hmm. literally have rhythms built into every day. We go to sleep and we wake up. Yeah. Every single, we eat three times a day, probably, hopefully. Um, generally like we, or we have set times for, we have set meals every day. Like yeah, we need to drink water. We need like, there are things we need to do to live and we have to really? order them and you can't survive without ordering things. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what the spirit does. This is part of, this is why we're embodied spirits in this regard, right? We are people, we are people who are, um, uh, we've got in ourselves really and truly the ability to not fall sway to the chaos around us. But we've so bought into this lie that everything is just always chaos. And so you just have to be chaotic around it. Um, I think is a total lie, but it also requires being a bit prophetic in this because to do something mm-hmm. like this, I think is very countercultural mm-hmm. to a point where you might be alone in it at first, but it's like, so like if you, if it's not like, I think if you want to get a sense of what you could do for your family, my get, my suggestion would be is go spend a day at a monastery with your family and like mm-hmm. enter into the day of prayer with the monks just to, you know, they go into their church and they pray their breviaries and stuff and just be there and be a part of it and to see how that rhythm plays out and why that could be better. Because it's yes, you're right. It's going to be different for a family, 100. percent It's not going to be as much as us, and they are sucked into some of the problems of the chaos of time than we are. But right. we should net. But then the parish, like you said earlier, should be like an oasis around this, a place that says this is the ordering of things in a normal p- pattern, and we are here to make sure that these things are always and everywhere. Um, um, you have this place that this this touch with heaven, which has a different sense of time itself. And that, that's the beauty of, I think that's the, the beauty thing, beauty of Christian order, order is that it's not like a authoritarianism or anything like this. Mm-mm. It is an en- the entrance of heaven into earth and lifting it earth up into heaven and thus experiencing eternity now in such a way that we don't see time no longer as this like thing I have to just go through and survive. Yeah. But it's actually the sacramental means through which I enter into eternity. Mm-hmm. And time is a sacrament. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, for families, it'd be, it would be, the, practically speaking, I think this would be very small. Yes. Uh, right? Yes. Like it's something or at least like to start off with, you know, small and concrete, you know, um, and also for giving yourself when it doesn't work out, you know, sometimes your kid, you know, uh, comes into your room in the middle of the night and, and pees yeah. your bed. Like that's, Hey, you know what? We're, your day's we're gonna praying, be ev- we're praying, we're praying <laughs> evening prayer and you get a sick call. You go, yeah. right? Like it's yeah, not yeah. to say like there are things worthy of breaking the order, mm-hmm. right? But they have to be worthy of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, because that's the problem. You don't want to be, oh, sorry, kids, it's our night prayer time. I don't care if you have a stomach ache and you're throwing up. I'm right. afraid yeah, it's exactly. night prayer, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, 
charity requires that you look after your after your children in that regard obviously mm-hmm. it's 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 actually freedom because when you get so used to it you then recognize where are those places and times where i can let go of this for a moment mm-hmm. so that because then you can actually trust that that rhythm is still at work in you even when you have to move away from it once in a while Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the yeah. good of people and that you bring that peace and that order and that lack of chaos in life into your very being in person. Yeah. I like that. I found I just, I slowed down. Mm-hmm. Like I could actually, I was actually able to say I could only do this much of work today. Like that was the first time I've ever been able to say that. <laughs> yeah. Because like for me, it was like, I actually saw how much time I had because it, my day was properly spit up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm going to try something out here, but I just think it was just worth bringing up a bit to talk about because I think, I think this is something we need to think about more that time matters. <laughs> yeah. And that we should consider how to order it better. And that, yeah, liturgy hours, I think, is a great way. And if you're like a family, do what? Actually, if you want to do something as a family with liturgy hours, pray night prayer together. Nice and easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, kick kids at 8 o'clock every night before bedtime. We're all praying night prayer. Yeah. Easy peasy. Then you're doing your family Great. prayers together, and yeah. it's something liturgical. And and again, there's something – those are the things you remember when you grow up. Mm-hmm. And if they fall away from the faith, they remember, wait, I remember praying night prayer at home. Maybe I should do that again when there's like, – going through a tough time or something like that. You know, these, yeah. these are the things we latch on to when we go through difficult things is those things that have been so ingrained in us through habit and order. And you see the devotional life in the church uh, mimicking and adjusting um, monastic life. Like, you know, what, what is the Angelus? You pray the Angelus, a short prayer at six, noon and six. Yeah. What's that except, you know, uh, another version of the angelic Psalter? It's like another little mini version of the, the breviary in a sense. You know, mm-hmm. and it's much more manageable, but also the fact that you have to stop and pray it, it's very doable. You know, so, so stuff like that. So it, it looked different for, even if it's not the liturgy hours, if it's uh, a morning offering or whatever it is, it, it, mm-hmm. you can be flexible with it. There's, that's the one, <laughs> I mean, parents are so concerned with the right way to raise their children, which is a good intuition, that um, uh, it, it, it will look different in every house. Like these are yeah. generalities, but like, but I think we can all work on this in our own way. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of, the cross of um, being a secular person. Yes, yes. It does put little romantic ideas of me as just saying, oh, I should just go to a monastery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to study two hours. You get community. You... Mm-hmm. I can yeah. do that. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. There we go. So that was my topic. Good deal. Cool. Thank you for listening. Uh, please leave a review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. You can tell them that you know, it's back. We're back, baby. Tell your enemies too, because Jesus says we must love our enemies. Uh, you can find me uh, uh, praying evening prayer in a little bit now. Excellent. Uh, you can find me, I think, <laughs> maybe back on Twitter at some point, probably, maybe. Also at my parish and other places. Yeah. Uh, contact the pod. It's getting harder and harder to find us now. Contact the podcast. No, no, it's not. You know where the you know where the pod is, and that's what you want, and that's what you get. Contact the podcast and receive updates at Clerical Pod on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, or email us at clericallyspeaking at gmail.com. Do you have a theological emergency? Never fear. We're back to answer all your theological emergencies. Call 412-912-7995. 412-912-7995. Peace. God bless.